0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. we
1: we'll love you.
2: Well, I don't know. When we mentioned singing, I don't know why that came to mind.
1: I-
3: Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm
0: Daniel, and I'm Blake, and you're listening to the 60 Cycle t- Hunt Podcast. dot com podcast. The you're listening show about y- guitar Bob tone and to- the people behind sa- it. The re- salvage, the good to- okay. Salvage, I- and here with us to- today. Is that a thing? <laughs> Do you uh, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: All right, we're we're sitting down here. Daniel Tyak, Blake Weiland from Tone Mob Podcast. This is going to be kind of. Uh, hey guys. Tone Mob podcast hosted
0: by Sixty Cycle Hum
3: podcast. I'm gonna let Blake kind of run the show and interview Daniel, and I'll be here and just kind of chime in every now and then when I want to be uh, an asshole,
0: just crack wise and whatever.
3: Yeah, yeah, say yeah. stuff that's inappropriate. That's, don't, don't that do seems that.
2: reasonable, but you and also you probably shouldn't talk as much because you went and like a rookie blew your voice out yesterday. <laughs> I blew my
3: voice out at the after first, party before first the first day from the after the first day of Nam. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was
0: good.
2: Oh man, <laughs> I know. Dude, this is a morning a morning cast. It is. I,
0: I feel. I'm used to evening casting. Uh huh. I'm I also actually, used to doing it with my cell phone, which is a different thing. Yeah.
2: I actually grabbed a beer because I thought we were doing a 60 cycle hum podcast. <laughs> um, and I figured it's 11 a.m. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so it's like, isn't it like 11 a.m. here? <laughs> what time? I think it's like <laughs> 10. 10. It's 10.
3: There's a big clock on the Close wall. Close
2: enough. Yeah. And it's a coffee stout, so it's...
3: Yeah, it's for breakfast. For breakfast. So it works out for everyone. It's a light <laughs> breakfast
2: beer. But now that we're on... I'll only drink it when Ryan's talking. How's that? 60-cycle hum? <laughs> He's laughing. I is think that,
0: that? that'll make sense. I think, like, logistically, that makes sense. I think so, too. Yeah, okay. totally. So I guess we could just start it off... Well, normally, I start off with the question of how your day is going, but I kind of know how your day is going. Yeah, Why don't you tell the listener how your day is going? How's
2: my day going? Well, I drove here. You did? Ryan cooked a, a lush breakfast. i like that toast? Wait, you're talking. <laughs> Ryan made us delicious things like toast and totally forgot to get butter.
0: We ate dry toast. I like Sorry. it was kinda like like you didn't say anything about it and I was like, Oh, maybe he likes it like this? <laughs> you guys put butter on Toasted bread, and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, am I? It's like, like, a California I'm, I'm, thing. I'm a guest here. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna step on toes." And no, Ryan you, totally just forgot the. We button. only
3: put avocado on toast, and they're not in season. Av- so. <laughs> oh, um, avocado! I know, okay. Welcome to California. <laughs> on, on...
2: Oh man, at, at you summer know, solstice, then we can use coconut oil. <laughs> How's California
0: treating you <laughs> uh, well it's it's um different, so my Uber driver uh on the way here drove through like where she wasn't supposed to drive through, like it was clearly coned off for construction, but she's like, Oh, I thought you meant Compton, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it was just like coned off, and there was like paving going on uh-huh. and sh- and she's like, I can get around this and just like. Weaves through the cones and st- and there's guys like, hey, like they didn't stop her, but they didn't not stop her. Oh my god, and it's it okay, was, I'm a newer driver. It was like, I'm like, <laughs> is this how Californians drive? <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah. I've been to California before. This Jeez, is not,
3: probably my first not time even before. California, she's probably from Arizona or something. Ew, I mean, sorry, Arizona people, sorry,
0: Arizona.
3: <laughs> sorry that you Ew. live where you live, Arizona.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Okay, and there goes all the Arizona listeners. <laughs> you didn't, <laughs> you didn't need need it Arizona listeners. My right.
3: goal for 2016 is to get as many hate listeners as I can. Hate listeners? Yeah, I want people to listen out of hate. That's reasonable.
1: Yeah,
3: I
2: mean they're still going to click. I mean they're going to watch
3: the video and hate you, and then you're still going to get paid for the ad. Totally. So
2: well, That's good. Hate listeners, listen at least listen to
0: two minutes or more of the podcast. Yeah. Make sure the numbers count.
3: Oh, you shouldn't yeah. have told
0: them that. Wait, because the... now they're going to now they're going to go. I'm only to listening to a minute forty nine. <sighs> uh, suckers! Gonna,
3: yeah. it's gonna be like when mm-hmm. they're trying to like not get their wire tapped for like location and movies. You know, they don't want the FBI to find out where they are. I don't know what, what like you mean. They hang up right before they know. No, I've never law. been a part of that at all. Okay, never mind. Only never. Ryan
2: knows about that. Mm-mm. Okay, it's what are thing, we podcasting? It's a
3: thing in TV and movies. We got no, we got a Nam guys. we
2: got Nam happening today. It, yeah. The floor just opened right now, oh, and God. I feel like I am. Late. you let's well, do a podcast. Okay. All right.
3: Podcast. <laughs> we are. Okay. Well, we're late because you're an Uber driver and because uh the Ramada, which we're not racist against, uh <laughs> tricked, tricked you and told you that you would be half a mile away from NAM when really you're four miles yeah, away.
0: Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um I booked on hotelling.com because Hotelling? Oh, fa- because I found a good deal. Okay. And that's what I'm all about. I mean, who is there? Yeah. Um, And so, booked it. It said, hey, yeah, you're a half a mile away from the convention center. I'm like, sweet. This is going to be awesome. And then, I didn't double check the confirmation. I just got the confirmation. Yep, hotel. Yep, there it is. All right, cool. And we drove there last night. Double checked to see how far the... And, you know, it's dark and we don't really know where we're going. Uh Uh-huh. And so, we checked to see, like where we were because we didn't really know uh-huh. and it's like 4.2 miles oh from gosh. the that's not what we were told and then my buddy was doing some googling this morning and discovered <laughs> i think you were supposed to book that hotel over there that is a half mile away <laughs> like that's the one i picked <sighs> technology oh yeah, and then sucks. the uber driver drove through the i'm having a wonderful morning it was great until <laughs> i got the non-buttered toast yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to california what if,
3: a, what if there's a different like smaller convention center
0: like like a, It's very small.
3: It's like a church convention center. I'm like, oh yeah, half a mile from the convention center. And, and it's like
0: center. the NAM with two or like three NAM. M's. Yeah, NAM. NAMBLA? <laughs> no, it's MAM. MAM. <laughs> There's just a bunch of ladies the in man. there knitting.
4: The MAM Whoa,
3: convention. I kind of want to go to that. <laughs> All right. I think you should get into your, 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 your
0: thing. Okay. Well, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. So, Daniel Tayak. Yes. Classic question. What is your musical backstory, and how did it bring you to doing what you're doing today? Well, I started playing,
2: oh man, I think I got kicked out of high school, and then I was in like a little secondary school, mm-hmm. as it goes.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that was like a year ago.
2: Yeah, that was like a year ago. <laughs> and there it was a little bit more like chill, and we would just all sit, because it's like 20 kids going to this, right. this like secondary school, and we'd like. Just lunchtime, just sit around and chill, and a couple guys had guitars, and I started fooling around playing then, and then I got unkicked out of high school. Oh. Yeah. They let me back in, and um, I ended up playing, like, just taking guitar up real quick and going crazy, and then I tried. I think that was ninth grade. Yeah. Like, the last half of ninth grade, and then tenth grade started playing. Or maybe I was in that secondary school during tenth grade, um, and then I tried out for like the band program at school. The next year, and got in the band. And then the next year, I was in like both the bands, and I just went crazy from there. And then the school hired me after I graduated to come back as like a pro audio person. The same one that kicked you out. The same one that kicked me out. Yeah, yeah, I like. It. I came. I came back as like a pro uh, half time, like part time pro audio and part time assistant band director. So I'd help with the band programs. And then the other half the time, I was, like, fixing equipment and soldering cables and stuff like that. Cool. That was fun. But that was – it was a cool school. It was uh, Horizon in um, San Diego for the geography uh, – you're not a geography podcast. 67, Hum is a geography <laughs> podcast. Right. Yeah, you go down to five and whatever. It was the a, and it was a private know. school, so they had some cool cool band programs. They um, – it was a Christian school. They had one, like, worship team. Band program, and then the other band program was the pep band, which everybody thinks of the marching band, but we basically were just a filthy like cover band. <laughs> we would just play like covers and work out routines with the cheerleaders to do stuff, and it was just ridiculously fun. It was basically like school of rock. The band director was great, it was pretty much school of rock before nice. school of rock was school of rock, and so we had this really like very rock and roll like teaching style. It wasn't here's how to do all the traditional things. It was like, it was Devin, Devin Berryhill is a guy that was running it. his dad is Bob Berryhill from the safaris and the road wipeout and stuff like that. So it was kind of nice, kind of cool. Like he definitely had some musical legacy and was a good dude. And it was a fun program. And then ever, ever since then, I've just been playing actively and working in different capacities in the either pro audio world or music or worked as a worship leader for a few years and you know, just been involved doing music, been in different bands and stuff. That's how I met the Sixty Cycle Home Crew. Um, was we were I was in one band in San Diego, they were in another band and we always got booked together all the time. So it's just sort of
3: since I was in high probably, school. Probably because we booked those shows together. You make it uh, you make it sound like, it was venue, like venues were random. It was like man <laughs> <together>. everybody in San Diego was like booking us
2: together, but it was really it was like, Hey, there's an alleyway. We could probably put a hey, you play sound a, system in there. You want to play
3: in a church basement next next Friday? Yeah,
1: exactly. okay. Why are we always
3: getting booked together? It's I mean, so weird. Crazy. <laughs> it's going <the> a coincidence. <laughs> the
2: promoter's like, Do you know do you know any other bands? It's like, Yeah, these guys. Like, yeah, it's one, weird that we get booked together. We know mm-hmm.
3: one other band.
0: <laughs> Basically,
2: <laughs> that we'll one other band us. that's not a screamo San Diego band in the 2000s. Oh,
0: that would uh, have been a rough, rough to find. Yeah. yeah I mean, anywhere, not just San Diego. I'm, dude. In the whole world.
2: The, we were pretty much the only rock and roll bands in San Diego at the time. Everybody else was like hardcore and or screamo, yeah. and it was annoying. Hairstyle uh, bands. Hairstyle bands. Hairstyle bands. There was a lot of stylish hair. There was, they have, not like this, though. No. I don't no. know if this has style. It's more, the style of my hair is I've just given up on life, and I'm like, whatever.
0: It works for <laughs> so, you. It works
2: for you. And with all the uh, recent high and tight hipster haircuts, it, right? It makes me happy to just be
0: a long-haired hippie. Yeah, it just feels good. Yeah, yeah, I so like it. I, I, I down. Can
2: get behind that.
0: So. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what are the origins of Salvage, and how did that start? Because all this stuff sort of sounds unrelated until Salvage yeah.
2: was an accident. Um, it was unplanned. Oh. <sighs>
0: But we love it anyway.
2: Yeah. So I was doing, I was, I was working a, um, who's the dad? I was running a, a who's the father? I don't know who the father is. <laughs> we were running a... I I was running a, um, freelance, like marketing and design company. Uh, I would just work with small businesses around town, um, and help them through all their, like, marketing stuff and anything from s- social media profiles to website building to graphic design stuff. So uh, just trying to, serve like little little businesses that have no capacity to hire like a big marketing team gotcha i found i could do most of the things pretty well and so i just worked as a freelance consultant doing that for for a few years um and kind of it's sort of morphed and changed and i had one big client who was actually a gal that owns a tanning salon um which is hilarious because i was doing all this work like that was like my number one client was a tanning salon and i'm just like this redneck
4: <laughs> you know what I mean? So
2: yeah. it was great. But they rednecks need tans too. We had a great time. They were such good people to work with, Danielle. You had a
0: great tan during that time. I had a pretty
2: I tried I got I went tanning a couple of But
0: did you like leave your shirt on so you could preserve your red? Dude, neckness?
2: no, listen to me. I was I was I wore for the first time just I went intentionally, like, multiple times in a row, mm-hmm. and I snuck a Speedo in there, and I wore a Speedo every single time, yeah, just so I could get a reaction out of my wife one day, like, what
1: in the hell? Like, where is this tan line? Where are these tan lines coming from? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that was, like, my only goal. I oh,
2: wanted so my wife would see my tan Speedo tan lines one day and be like, what is
1: going on? <laughs> <laughs> anyway...
2: Uh, oh, so that geez. was that was pretty short. Li- that was I didn't really get I you know I didn't really get into the whole tanning scene. Still, you didn't go to like the spray stuff. I still don't. And, I tried like, it one time because they were be just just to say I did it. Oh right, right. It was horrible.
4: <laughs> it sounds
0: really uncomfortable. I, well,
2: you're supposed to get uh, apparently it's it's a. Uh, it, it's a chemical reaction with your skin. Oh, really? Which was developed to help, like, I don't know the name of the disease, uh, autoimmune disease where there's different, like, blotchiness and, like, oh, okay. you lose pigment in your skin. Okay. Um, it was the stuff in the spray tan was developed to help, like, be a, a cover-up almost to, like, right. mask that and blend it in. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, we can spray this all over rich girls and they can be nice and Orange. orangey.
3: <laughs> Proms coming up.
2: Yeah, so unless... <laughs> here's the thing... This is, this, this is probably the most epic diversion that any I've ever had on a podcast episode. All right. We're talking the tanning industry. Yeah, well, it's a passion of mine. It's a passion of yours. <laughs> <to use>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to California. Anyway, basically, if you don't exactly follow the directions and like wait a whole day to not do anything, including shower, like you get a little bit orangey. And, uh, like you have to, you basically you have to leave this crap on your skin for an entire like 24 hours and not like move and not shower and not wear any like tight fitting clothes. So I was like, well, the tight fitting clothes, I literally impossible. went, I went yeah. spearfishing the next day. Like I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not, not going spearfishing. It was like good season. So we like went out and we're like in the water and I, my legs were just like, so like, like Oompa orange. orange. It was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was the most amazing thing. Anyway. So. I was I was doing a lot of work for the tanning salon. <laughs> I didn't really care for tanning, but they were really nice people. But you tried it, and you they gave it the old well. college try. And they put they had me on retainer, so I always got like the same pay, and I would just help them and do whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Anyway, the owner was pretty ambitious. She was she was working with some investors, and they were planning on starting a big chain of salons. It was at the same time she was about having her second kid. Long story short, um, I dropped all my other clients. Because she was like, hey, you're working for this full-time. You're going to take care of everything for this whole chain. That while she was – she took two months off um, when she was, like, about to have her second kid and then afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, And I was just on retainer just waiting for work. Like, hey, you want me to do anything? I'd check in with her. She's like, no, just hang in. I'd do a little bit here and there. You know, she's like, can you go to the salon and change these signs or whatever, you know? Right. Was, but it was barely any work, and I was just waiting for the big thing to come through, mm-hmm. um, and still getting paid. So I was—I had two months off basically, yeah, which was cool. And so I was, of course, I can't like not do anything. So I was in the backyard, like building stuff, and I built a couple guitars, and was like, I'm gonna build a sweet like pedal. I was like, getting a little bit more into like hardwood and woodworking and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, because I've always made stuff like since I was practically born it runs in the family my dad was a huge maker of things he built robots in the garage and stuff nice and he was an electronic engineer and it was crazy so that was i was just surrounded by that all growing up so i've always made things um and uh i was like oh, i'm gonna make myself like i was talking with this uh guitar instructor that i had at the time i'd go to him occasionally um really killer dude in san diego And we were like, we were talking about pedal boards and building one. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to build one. And it was like, we were talking like, oh, it'd be sweet to build like in an old suitcase and do like a hardwood pedal board Mm -hmm. in an old suitcase. So that's, it was, and I hadn't looked into, I had seen like trailer trash stuff. I, I wasn't as involved in the gear community. I had some decent pedals, but I wasn't like super deep in any forums. So I'd make myself a hardwood board. I went to the hardwood place, found some stuff and, and uh, I was doing some research and and um, looking around, and I found I kind of had an idea in my head, like I could make a few, I could make a few of these, and like maybe sell them on the side for gear money. This other thing's gonna come through, and it's right. looking good. And so I, I I made six, and because I was in the web world and the design world, I just made a quick website, and you know one day threw everything together, and I made six boards and I put them up for sale, and I didn't tell any friends because I'm like I want to try to attract my own market um, and find people just basically cold out there that want to buy this stuff. It was sort of a marketing
0: experiment experiment for
2: me just to see what could happen. Um, And sure enough, at the end of like the first week, I had like 100 fans on the Facebook page, and I hadn't sold anything, and then it was just right at the beginning of the second week. I sold the first one, and then by the end of the second week, all six were sold, and I had like six custom orders. Nice. And so I was like, okay, I guess I, so I'm out in Now I'm like out in the back of like working, you know? So I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this is cool. I still have time to not have to do anything. So mm-hmm. I'm just having a good time working. And I, I was building like crazy and like figuring out where to order parts. And I was kind of brainstorming that, that design. Um, I had, I'd kind of had a similar design, the fold out design that we do. Oh, right. Um, In my head since, 96 or so. Like when I was, I had like a picture in my head of like, this would be rad to have like a fold-off case, you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Cause nobody was making it at the time. And then SKB did something kind of similar later on. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking, but nobody ever really did it. And then in doing more research, I found, um, it was just classic. Cause I found Hellwig pedal boards, which make beautiful stuff. He's great builder. Um, and I found his stuff and I was like, Damn it! This guy stole my idea. It was funny because it was it was luckily it was it was enough. It was very similar how the board went in, but he uses the like the snap latch system, and I didn't. I was totally thinking those butterfly latch, like lock it in. Mm -hmm. So it was just funny um, experiencing that, like having someone take your idea, but they were already had implemented it for like a year. You know, right? So it was. I was like, dang, you know. So I I I tried to after seeing that stuff. I was like okay i'm gonna I'm gonna try to do my own thing and try to make it, and that's actually you know how everybody now has those like switches on the side of the pedal board with uh-huh. the IAC jack. I was trying to be as just intentionally because obviously the Hellwig dude and I had very similar thought processes how like our aesthetics and things right, and I was like, I don't wanna steal this guy's stuff like that would be jacked up right stealing mm-hmm. stealing another man's right. art and uh, so I very intentionally like put a switch. I found a switch that would work on the side and I did the switch on the side and I used electro sockets cause I liked those. So I'd just done a couple of tele builds and I had a couple and I was like, okay, cool. I'll use these electro sockets instead of this. He uses like the speaker cup jacks. And I tried to like, you know, there's only so many things you can change about the function, functional sure. shape of a board. Right. Um, so I did everything I could to change the aesthetics and, um, he, I, I went, he was doing pretty much exclusively Tolex wraps and stuff. And I, so I was like, I'm going to just stick with hardwoods and, and do that and tweed. And, you know, I just tried everything I could to
3: separate yourself,
2: separate myself. <laughs> and that's sort of how our look and style got developed. And it was just out of the, out of the desire to not copy somebody. You know what I mean? Because
3: you're a good dude.
2: I try to be a good dude, and I and well, I respect. matter what people on the internet say. I, nah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who <laughs> cares? It's the freaking internet. Um, so I, uh, that's basically that's so that all that stuff was being developed, like the design in that two months that I had off, and because I pretty much got right to work on things as soon as I had time off. I was like, well, I got to do something. So I was like, there you go. Th- got yeah. through. I was like building a gu- couple guitars at the same time. As I was building pedal boards. And it was sort of a bunch of projects all at once. It all sort of happened at the same time. Um, And uh, sure enough, I I had a bunch of orders and I found myself like working pretty hard, like out in the backyard, like doing, (laughs) doing some stuff, like actually like trying to keep up. And sure enough, it was like two months after I had the initial time off. Danielle had her kid and, and took that month off after, after to just, you know, be with a kid and have some have some maternity leave. And she in that time it was, you know, the the media always loves to like pick on the tanning salons every, you know, year or so. They the big thing comes out, right. new study, and everybody mm-hmm. hates on them and then it goes away and then they come back. It's just a good like media cycle for people to
3: get them to get views. Are tanning salons making your daughter pregnant? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> totally. And so <laughs> Tune in at five to find out. (laughs) Poor Danielle, who owns this great tanning salon and employs like 20 people, and it's totally awesome operation, ends up um, watching all the news when she's home, because she's not actually doing anything productive. Well, she's raising a child, which is productive, but not in terms of work. So she's seeing news, and she just got pissed at the industry, and she's like, screw this industry. I'm doing something different. Oh, wow. So she started like... She ended up, we talked about it. She's like, I think I'm going to do these Phoenix Suites, which is this big like franchise thing. And it's not tanning related. It's just hair and nails related. So,
0: I think I've seen that before.
2: And, uh, but it's like a franchise turnkey thing that doesn't need all the marketing. She's like, so I don't know how much I'm going to need you. She's like, I really want you to do stuff. But I'm like, you know, it's, it's cool. Like I'm kind of doing this pedal board thing. I mean, maybe I'll just give that a shot for a little while. And so I had this really unintentional career change from doing the marketing thing to building stuff and it was it was i wasn't planning on it starting it just by fluke happened right and i ran with it and and because there was a good demand for it and then i had to figure out how to actually run a business and like that and actually how to make a product acceptable um when the standard out there was stuff that's like three times as cheap Right. Wow. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to try to develop enough of a market to actually make these boutique um pedal boards acceptable because that wasn't a thing before. It was a very, very, very niche thing. Like I, like Hellwig like had been doing it for a couple of years, but you know, it's mm-hmm. still like I no, I'm, I don't know what his situation is. He seems really small operation. Um and he's got some crazy year long wait. So wow. Oh wow. Yeah, people mm-hmm. hit us up. I I have people even to this day, I just refuse to copy stuff. People hit us up, and they'll send us pictures of Hellwig things, and like, can you make it with a Switch like this and a thing like this? And it's like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. That's a that's a Hellwig thing. Right. And they're like, well, you could just do – it's a custom order. And it's like – or like, you just don't want to wait a year to get a board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And uh, they're, they're like, well, yeah, but I want this. And it's like – and then they get really pissed off. Like, mm-hmm. I had a guy – After telling him like, no, I'm not going to do something from somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. you can order a salvage rig or you can order a Hellway rig, but I'm not going to build you a Hellway rig. Right. Um. And this guy, (laughs) the last one, got so pissed off. It was hilarious. He's like, you can go play yourself and blah blah blah. You're such a wow. What he was just, I don't even remember. Pretentious piece of shit. You know. And I like this ranty ass email. that change your mind, and then you worked. (laughs) You did (laughs) (laughs) no. I, you know what I did? I did my, I just did what I always do. I just did my own thing. You said,
3: <laughs> you said, Thanks. he got a motorcycle went, and rode into the sunset. Basically, <laughs> the hair, my hair, my hair, my
0: hair, my hair. <laughs> So now, this is kind of unrelated, and we're gonna go on a side. But that reminds me of the one of the craziest things I've heard lately uh, on the Lutherist podcast. Uh huh. Um, Paul Roney was talking about he had a dealer. Get in touch with him. Uh-huh. He didn't, about building. I'm sorry. I got, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Daniel. Sorry, uh, listeners. I saw, listeners. I Daniel. Saw there was a
2: camera watching me. D-
0: Daniel froze in in the camera, and and he he looks. There looked, are three cameras uh, watching you. Right super now. happy about it right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll make this one a long cut. Um, <laughs> so okay. You? I'm done. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. so Paul gets uh, this dealer is interested in having him do. A guitar or two for him, or whatever. I don't know the details, but he said he's like, "Yeah, sure. What? Well, like, what do you? What are you thinking? What model do you want?" And he's looking at um some of the Paul's done what he calls covers in the past, where he just like basically did clones of old things, sure.
3: like he he'll just, do a Strat style or Tele style, or something
0: right? Like which he doesn't really do anymore. Um, and he just has it on there to be like, "Look what I can do." So right. this guy emails him and says, "I want you to build." This guitar. Uh, a cover of this guitar. Right. That guitar was a a uh, Cole Glide. Oh, okay. And and Paul's <laughs> like, Are you serious right now? Like, you want me to build a Cole glide for you? Why don't you go to Cole and have him build a glide yeah, for amazing. you? And he's he's like, That's my friend. First of all, I'm not gonna do that. Like uh-huh. it was like, Wow, that is insane. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dude, and-
2: people that kind of, that entire thing in the industry and, and I know it was know, a dealer.
0: That was what the crazy my, thing oh, was. Oh, that's extra lame. Yeah. I,
2: I know that some people in the industry um have like no problem with clone things. I I don't have any problem with replicates replications on like guitar pedals and stuff of stuff that's out of production. But anything that's in production, I I don't like it when somebody clones stuff. Like I would never never use any of that stuff. Like I wanna see because all this stuff, especially in the boutique side of the industry, is artwork made by people just like music is artwork like going to going and recording somebody else's song because you couldn't find a like and saying this is my song Uh because you couldn't find a better way to write a song like that's absolutely unacceptable but for some reason in an art form of aesthetics meets functionality in what is pretty much what all gear is um Having people just blatantly rip other people off ma- pisses me off, yeah. and it pisses me off when people do it to me. Um, I I don't. I strongly oppose any doing it to anybody else. Like if somebody's even done something similar to what I'm doing, um, and used something before me, like I don't touch it. I, I I'm like no, nope, I it's gone. Like I'm not. I'm right, not that right. dude. You know, it's off the table now. And there's stuff that's it's and it's there's some gray areas like different TOLEX stuff because TOLEX is an industry standard and it's like a lot of people will wrap things in TOLEX, right? Um, uh, and I, so that's kind of you know gear is it's sort of a classic
0: sure. thing and it's it gets to a point where it's like like you said earlier you can only be so different before it isn't that thing anymore. Yeah, like a, you know a, a if pedal I... still has to be a. if
2: i had come into the pedal board Mm. industry and and looked around um and seen a bunch of like hardwood boards that are exactly what i already that i was kind of thinking of and imagining and a bunch of other like similar things or like if somebody was doing funky fabric wraps or like bursted tweed and if that was a thing when i had come into the industry i had looked at that and been like Oh well, I'll do something else. Right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I mean, instead of oh, but I just that seems cool, so I'm just going to copy all that stuff. You know, it's like it's like that's it's full. There's plenty of things you can do with your life. There's all kinds of things that can be built and you can sell if you're if you're of that persuasion. But to just go blatantly like rip other people off if it comes to building guitars or amps or pedal boards or pedals or anything. Like I just cannot abide.
3: There's just so much room to be creative too. Like you don't, just because you think of something as like the way that is probably the best way to do it or the way you want to do it. Someone else has done it. Be creative and find a better or different way. I
2: actually think like, for instance, I actually think Hellwig's switch on top of his rigs. He's got like the amp switch with the jewel light. Mm
4: -hmm. Uh
2: I like that better than my switch. I think it's cooler. I, I, but I was like, well, that's his jam. His I'll use this switch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, well, that was also Josh Scott's idea in the first place, so whatever. <laughs> 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 he was working with him, and he was like, hey, put this on there. So put a bird on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but uh, that's an example of what I, you know, how I answer that question. I used something that I, I consider to be, I mean, it's not inferior, but I just, I think that jewel light and the top switch has a little bit more mojo, and it's kind of cool. I like that little top strip. It's, it it's cool. It's cool. It's a great design, and I respect him for doing that. And I wish him all the best.
3: Nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now, if he, if he ever stops producing boards, is that design on the market for you? No, probably not. Because you were saying that if something's well, offered, probably of
2: not. Because there's going to be a lot of other dick faces out there that go and grab it up. Sure. And I would, out of respect for that, to just let it hang for a while. Sure. And then there'll be a bunch of other people
3: using it. So I probably just would never do it. Right. So I, I will just stick with things that I originated and keep doing that. Well, you've already got your own style, you know? So yep. why why mess with the recipe? Exactly. That's
2: fine. And I, I intentionally keep things real simple. And I, I I believe in like a simple, elegant design. Mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of people ask for like multi-tier things all the time. And I'm like, I'm like nope. <laughs> I want it to be simple because that's going to make for happy guitarists. Because the good Lord knows the more yeah. complex our rigs get, the more we end up hating our lives, like <laughs> keep it simple, keep it elegant looking keep minimal design elements in there, and you know how it is you graphic designer you put yeah. more you put more than like three fonts on something, and it starts looking like garbage. you right. put more than three design elements on the salvage board, like people have wanted like i don't know a, i want to burst. could you like burst over the floral pattern with leather straps, and oh, it's like no it's like no you. Those all three yeah. of those things are cool in and of themselves, right? And they will look horrible if you mix them together, bad. Not you know me. what I mean? Like, it, it looks just,
3: good in your head as you're thinking of it because all those are cool things, all those are cool individual
2: things. Right. But when you combine too many design elements, so everything I do is very intentionally, like, sleek and, and, and simple. And the the beauty of it is in, in the uh, Elegance. I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, I guess I should probably say something tougher. Shouting than elegant, <laughs> in the elegance, burly. Everything's the beauties in the burliness. <laughs>
4: it's like,
0: yeah, if you get too many things going on, like if you get like sausage and eggs and toast, that's cool. But if you throw butter in there, that's oh. too many things. <laughs> that's too many things. Right. You can't. It ruins. Uh, Ryan the whole is package. even a designer to the core, even when he <laughs>
2: yeah. makes breakfast. That's butter right. Butter on
3: toast. I will not abide by it. You can't abide that, right? <laughs> what
2: if what if somebody buttered their toast and somebody else buttered their toast? Could you abide
3: it? No. Do you Absolutely accept not.
0: other people buttering their toast?
3: What if t- butter- I do not accept people buttering their own toast? <laughs> <laughs> to- oh, Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> butter- buttered toast belongs within a loving marriage relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <a quiz. laughs> think, about, think about
0: the children mm-hmm. You can't just uh, You can't just have the kids running around Buttering toast willy nilly all you over town You can't, you can't just can't.
3: go around buttering someone else's toast Buttering your own toast In public It's
1: an abomination <laughs> oh. Exactly
3: Oh my gosh <laughs> Probably the dumbest It's in the bible in second breasted, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh
1: man,
2: geez. I was—I'm the one who's drinking already. Man. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, well. we're all sighing. I had a, a yesterday. I—I I went to give a a friend, an acquaintance, a high five from the demo industry. Uh huh. <laughs> it was nine a.m. and I went—I went in for a high five, and he was already so blasted that he missed the high five. Oh my gosh! It was like this really impotent, like. Hey, man. Like, what? <laughs> hey, man. It's like, oh, you
0: poor man. I'm sorry. Look where life has led you. <laughs> oh, man. It was great. Good times. Uh, Good, times. Good times. Anyway, where, where, where were we at? We were talking about not mixing stuff together, but we, we're we done with that topic. We've, we've okay. covered that. Fair. We don't mix things. Actually, I did have, when you were talking about that, you mentioned tiered boards, and you, you're not into that. I've... I l- like them from a function standpoint. Absolutely. Um, uh, my board is barely qualifies as a board. It's like a piece of plywood screwed together, but it is tiered, and I like that. Um, w- it's not something you would ever consider doing? It's just from a design perspective, and to keep the brand
2: strong, it's not something I would do. Right. Um, we offer the risers, um, which, oh, okay. which work great. We had risers designed just for boards. There you go. That will raise it three quarters of an inch it's just enough to bring that back if you have like shorter pedals on the back row it's mm-hmm. just enough to bring it up above so you're not stomping on knobs at the second room it's designed to fit in our cases so you say you put a pedal like say a polytune which is a little shorter chassis or like an mxr um uh, carbon copy a little bit you know the shorter chassis yeah uh, it's it makes them basically the perfect height. So if it's like a Strymon pedal or something that's higher, mm-hmm. it's plenty to clear on a slanted board. Gotcha. So it's we offer the best of of both, where you can just outfit the back row with ri- uh, risers where you need them, and it levels everything out nicely. Uh, and they're super lightweight. You can either screw them to the deck or velcro them to the deck. And so that's that's my answer to that. Gotcha. On our flat boards, we offer a uh, it's a PP two riser. So it'll fit a Voodoo Lab PP2 underneath it, mm-hmm. and then it gives a nice, full, like a little bit bigger surface that you can put Velcro to. So your your PP2 hides underneath. You have this nice surface, and then basically, you if you wanted to, you could put two of those together on a flat board, or three of them, and you create your own essentially tiered back row. Gotcha. So when as we we don't do risers because it's just added complexity that detracts from aesthetics and functionality, like the more things on there the more likely you mm-hmm. are to have some malfunction um and i want things to be pretty bulletproof for gigging and stuff um so that's what that's our answer to the riser situation Uh the uh, the tiered situation gotcha. is it's totally possible to manipulate one of our boards to be very similar to a tiered situation um and still be very comfortable to use while still looking really good gotcha. so that's kind of how we
3: roll with that. I like it. Good answer. So if you're a, mm-hmm. if you've got a competing pedal board company and you want to do something that salvage, I'm going to tell them to do, salvage
2: isn't doing. I'm going to tell them to do two tiers. Yeah, do three tiers.
3: Three tiers. Fine woodworking, just like salvage, but do just make it like three. stack it. They like,
2: absolutely listen. Look at look battle. at me, Adam. Are you looking at me with the camera? You looking at me? All of you other companies should totally do multiple tiered boards. It'll be the best business move for you at the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Dale's never gonna,
0: gonna compete
2: with you. Not gonna touch it. Yeah, because we have awesome risers that are actually lighter and
0: well, more, don't give more flexible. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm giving away so many. Secrets. I don't
2: care. Everybody copies it anyway. Like whatever. I'm just gonna out. I'm just gonna outbuild them.
4: Uh, so, <laughs> I don't care.
0: Uh, so. good times. Good times. All right. Another good classic question. What does your current rig look like when you go play out? If you ever get the time, hmm.
2: I play. I play usually every every week. Um, I play. We do home church stuff, and then I'll usually play out two times a week at different churches. Um, I do that because I like the church. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing stuff in the church, and I like playing music, so it works out nice. Um, but they, I there's a few bigger a few bigger churches in San Diego that just Basically, I'm just a guitar whore and I sell myself to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, We'll pay you good money to come play. And I'm like, mm, okay. So I do that as part of like to supplement because I, I still I, I've I'm pretty aggressive on the the um pushing business to the next level. So I've operated with myself on a pretty lean payroll budget. Like there's guys in my shop that make more money than I do.
0: Well, I heard you talking about it before. You're like a hundred air.
2: I'm a hundred air. So I I very intentionally like keep it minimal um, to help to build the business at this point still. Um, And I just don't take very much at all out of, out of the company. Um, And just so I can keep the business growing and growing and getting bigger and and doing better. Um, And then I supplement that on the side uh, with, playing music on weekends um and then shreddery some shreddery Mm -hmm. and uh i i uh i kind of got locked into a couple places where now i'm like they're like good friends and Mm -hmm. it's like i don't want to just like abandon them even if i could you know what i mean so it's like i don't know i like these guys i love playing with a couple of the bands are just ridiculously good like there's not even a need for rehearsal we could just all show up and just kill it and Mm -hmm. nobody'd know the difference nice but we still do a rehearsal it's like an hour (laughs) it's like (laughs) everybody shows up it's like okay here we go here's our token rehearsal just to say we did it because we're getting paid right oh see you later (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's like but they're all good friends and i and i hate to like just be like, ah, I don't really need to do this anymore. You guys are like, go find somebody else. So right. you know, so I keep doing that, and I enjoy those playing with those guys. It's a good time.
0: So cool anyway so what's your rig look like for those oh for those <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry you're you're focused dude I,
0: I forgot i thought we were on a 60 cycle
2: home episode and i and so i i just instantly sidetracked
3: <laughs> and derailed it well let me answer the question i wanted you to ask yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i don't even know how we got there i'll have to listen back and see how that see how that rabbit trail uh,
0: because I, I slid the the a lot of guys, when I ask that question, they're like, I don't even have time to play. I don't know what my rig looks like. So I've been sliding in the if you get time on the tail end of that okay, question. That's, and that's you're like, it... you like, yeah, I got time. Let me tell you about how much time I got to play. <laughs> yeah, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom,
2: zoom. <laughs> <laughs> if zoom, Ryan, have you noticed how much more organized his brain is well, than yours?
3: He has, this, he has the same questions every episode.
2: Well, dick.
4: kind
3: of. I just pull everything out of out of my pocket every time. Dude, mm-hmm. on a scale
2: of seven and ten. That's a dick he's
0: move. Way
3: more, he's way more organized.
0: I do not him him. have the same he questions every time. He I have some of the same questions. Every time. Okay, okay, okay. I had one podcast where I didn't ask any of the questions. Okay, so what? I, now it's kind of weird because like I didn't ask any of the questions. I always ask those questions. Those questions are left unanswered now. Okay, he'll come back. I'm gonna go back <laughs> to. I'm gonna
2: stay. I'm gonna stay on uh, on topic Eric. here let me um i'm gonna look a picture up so i remember what i was doing (laughs) thanks instagram for cataloging my life (laughs) you guys do that right you're like when did that happen oh i look back on instagram i do that all the time because the history books
3: like from this generation forward are just going to be a collection of instagrams pictures from the internet (laughs) with uh with uh uh I, uh... With like a emojis <laughs> under it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so okay,
2: here's the rig. I'm I'm looking at a picture. Okay. I just changed like a week ago. Um, I've been real busy lately. Usually I change things up a little bit about every week, but okay. the last couple months have been insane with new employees, and it's just been too crazy. And actually, some of that is I don't even have space on a bench at the shop to like change a few pedals around like it's that crowded and busy right <laughs> so some of it's just function like i don't have time to mess with it mm-hmm. and i also really like to spend time with my family and my kids so i try to get out of the shop and go home and mm-hmm. be there for like dinner and bedtime and stuff like that so um <clears throat> for for the whole couple months probably oh i don't know december and february or january well no maybe it was November, December-ish was just a busy time with holidays, so I didn't change it. Mm-hmm. So I ran with, um, and this is fairly common. Um, it looks like I was going a uh, Believe into Palisades into, and I love that Believe. Anybody that knows me knows that that's on my board often. That's a love pedal, like awkward, weird green ringer kind of thing. Right. Believe, Palisades, uh, JHS Kilt, um, Fearfield Circuitry, Randy's Revenge. Um, So, that's kind of the drive and weird section, Um, which you got to have a weird section. Yeah. And then it goes volume pedal. That one's a JHS um, Ernie Ball, buffered, modded Ernie Ball uh, with the uh, Polytune Mini out. And then it looks like I'm going into the um, Ibanez Swell Flange. It's a 10 series. I think it's the, I don't remember the model number on it. Um, It's a really funky old eighties flanger and nice. it just does weird, cool things. And then I was going into the um Ibanez uh modulation delay? I can't remember the model of that. Modulation delay three. So that one is another really odd thing from Ibanez, their old old ten series. Mm-hmm. And Josh Scott's the one that got me introduced to that series and I freaking love him. Nice. So he's got the entire collection minus one pedal that there was only like a hundred of them made, and they were all given to employees of Ibanez in the '80s. So they're just
0: not available anywhere. So he's on the prowl, though. He's on the prowl. If anybody'll find it, it'll he'll be he'll
2: handy. just buy it or trade all of his clans for it. Oh my god! So all of his clones, and I think he has like thirteen clons, no. That's It's ridiculous. Yeah, he
3: posted a picture a while back, and mm-hmm. it was like. You couldn't. You couldn't fill the picture with it. Josh
2: gets on. He Nothing gets on kicks. Mm-hmm. Remember when he bought all the DD fives? Yeah, and everybody was like, "Was like what? Wait, why? Is, what's Josh doing? Why is he buying all the DD fives? What's JHS gonna do? He wanted DD five. But-
4: he was it a, was literally <laughs> just a joke. He was just
2: screwing with everybody. He just bought everybody's DD fives as like just to mess with people. I love that. And That's I, I freaking I, it's like my it's like my LA metal collection. It doesn't uh-huh. actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's an okay pedal. It sounds fine enough to play. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, it looks like RoboCop. And it says <laughs> it says LA metal. So I buy them right. if ever I can find one under fifty dollars. Hey,
3: we did a demo of it, so. and, uh, and a lot of our our audience
2: really. Really it's it. not
3: a bad pedal at all. It's a really solid pedal. I should have
2: never told you guys until I had like forty of them. I
3: know. How
0: many uh, do you have right now? Like nine? I've seven or eight. Yeah. So I'm working on it's it. It's interesting because I just just kind of dawn on me. I don't have multiple of the same anything. You probably shouldn't. It's probably a sign of insanity. <laughs>
4: no, I, <laughs> oh,
0: if you keep doing the same thing over I, well, and over like again,
3: keep buying right? the same pedal, hoping it'll be a little better. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's
2: a bad thing. So anyway, with that that rig continues to the Strymon Dig. And then the Strymon Flint. So I got plenty of dirt. I, I find that the... Um, Good coverage there. The kilt is a very nice dynamic drive. Uh, if you set it on some lower settings. Yeah. So you can you can back your volume off on your guitar just a teeny bit and play a little lighter. And mm-hmm. you almost have a clean tone. But it's this interesting clean... T- okay, so you know how when you roll your volume back, it, especially if you have crappy tone caps, it loses a little bit of the highs. Mm-hmm. Well, the kilt keeps maintains all of those and stays nice and bright. So you can get this really interesting chimey where there's this hint of dirt, like sizzle in the back of it. Mm-hmm. So you play light, like finger pick stuff, and you get this really cool, like chimey, sizzly mm-hmm. thing happening. And then all you gotta do is dig in a little bit more and you got a nice drive. You and just, all you nah. gotta do is put your volume up to hundred percent and hit it hard and you
3: got a real good, like heavy or you could use the or lead. The, the, the boost function of it. To, and then yeah, you can use to, the boost too to cut the volume before it. Yep. Uh, if you wanted to, or and I
2: usually keep my amp right at the edge of breakup, so if I play it just by itself, it's clean, yeah. and if I hit it harder with anything else, then it is a little bit of saturation. So I like to have a little bit of the solid state saturation from the pedal mixed with a little bit of the tube saturation, and I find it's the best of both worlds. The pedal saturation usually is a little bit more tonally flexible. And the tube saturation is a little bit more natural and organic feeling. Mm-hmm. So you get that nice feel with being able to tweak the tones using different drive pedals. Right. So I usually never have drive pedals set super hot I because I, I use them to hit the amp a little harder. So it kind of multiplies the efforts of the drive and then I end up with a nice drive tone. Um. Anyway, so... That's kind of how I usually run, but a lot of the times I'll just run the kilt on all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it on, and then I I manipulate my how much drive I'm going to use, and I do that with other pedals too. The kilt's—I've been really enjoying that one lately. It's a really good pedal. It's great. It's because it it does everything from like horrible broken glitch to really nice simple drives, and it stays good and good. And I really like bright. I know a lot of guys will get a little darker, but for stuff I do, that seems to work better. So. Cool. That was the rig that I was using, and that's fairly that's pretty common. Just recently, I was just I've just been feeling really like overwhelmed with everything lately. Um, just just trying to make sure everything's in line. So I stripped my board back to a really simple rig and put it on a smaller board. So I'm running like the Cali seventy six. I'm running the fur compressor and mm-hmm. that takes up like practically the whole board. Yeah. Um, and then I'm running the uh, uh fur burrito. Yellow cake, yes. As a as a filthy fuzz, love that thing. And I have it set that little glowing knob. I don't know what it does, but it's a bias it's, or something. It's a starve knob. Starve. So yep. I'll, I'll starve <laughs> it so it gets kind of nasty, and then I'll set. I won't set it super super drivey. It's more just this like gritty filthy bite.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? Like kind of how I use it. Um. And then what am I using for a drive? Maybe I have the kilt on there. I have a pedal on there that I'm using for a drive. An L.A. Metal. Maybe an L.A. Metal. Mm-hmm. It's a pedal, I'm pretty sure. Right. And then the same volume pedal tuner set up, and then I'm just using the L-Cap and the Flint. Those are like my go-tos for verb and, and, and delay, so. Yeah. I can always get behind the L-Cap. Like, that thing just speaks to me. So, right now, my rig is pretty minimal, um, but... I change. I go back and forth. People change. I change. I, I I literally do. Mm -hmm. I, I start with a small one and I'm running like five pedals. And then I'm like, I go to the, my medium rig and then I'm running like more pedals. And then I end up like adding a couple more and I go to my big, my larger rig. And my largest one is only 24 by 13. So it's basically a pedal train two size. Right. Um, or two classic. um, and then I get really sick of having all the pedals and I go back to my small rig and then I do the
3: whole cycle again. and I just always do that. I always do so. this cycle where like yeah. I start off with a couple like cuz I got uh, I forget the dimension. I think it's like the 13 by whatever. You have a 24 by 13. 24 by 13. Yeah. Uh so I start like I get some big pedals on there like you know like two or three drives, you know like, like, three, like a delay, three a, big box muffs, a volume pedal, a reverb and a tremolo. You know, And they're like, I gotta squeeze more stuff on here. So I start putting smaller pedals on. I start squeezing more and more on. And then then you're like, what am I doing with all these mini pedals? And I'm like, like, daisy-chaining everything together mm-hmm. to get the power right and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got, like... And then you're contracting like, a builder to build a
2: single pedal that has, like, 50 different pedals yeah. in it. And, I'm like,
3: <laughs> and then I've got, like, 16 pedals on my board, and there's so much redundancy. I'll have, like, six drives, three delays, yeah, like, I can't, two I reverbs, mm. two Tremolos, and, like, and like like three mods or something like that. I'm like, why do I have all this stuff? I just need drive and reverb, and then, I go, <laughs> yeah. then I go back, you know? I don't
2: really like redundant rigs i, I just, it's just i stacking, mean stacking man you gotta stack i love how i love stacking. i love how low gain drives put a little bit more oomph like a little bit more presence in your signal but uh-huh. you can do the same thing with like an ep boost or something like that or a nice compressor like you yeah. can do the same thing and basically i think i'll all i do not know the science all it's doing is really just hitting your amp a little harder and making you feel a little better about it <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and I, so I appreciate low gain drives from that perspective, but I don't, I don't know, like putting a bunch of low gain drives on seems stupid to me. It's just like, put a drive, a good drive on there and turn your stupid guitar volume down. You have all the different levels of drive you want right there. You know? I
3: just got a, a new pedal for doing demo with, that I'm really excited about from Ren and Cuff. Yep. Uh The, um, the super fat puck. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep that uh, that everybody rating, um, <laughs> it's spelled P H U um, K, and it is a JFET and germanium boost.
2: J germanium boost, germanium,
4: <laughs> yeah, germanium. So, yeah. so you can dial it back hey, and have it be Jeff-manium? like kind of a warm,
3: clean boost, or you can like dial up the clipping on the germanium and get like a really light drive out of it. Nice, and it, like you can stack it before your other drives or after it, and like. Nice kind of experiment
2: with it. Yeah, I like versatile things. I actually yeah. like like for pedals that are just versatile and can give you anything from like that nice oompy feeling to drive uh, like the the uh, color box of JHS oh, is man, freaking man. great for that yeah. stuff because you can go anywhere from just a little bit of like presence bump. To just filthy broken fuzz, on or just it, you know? Some mm-hmm.
3: general EQ fixing. Yeah, yeah, and of I, your board, I
2: know. like using different guitars and different amps. So if I have that pedal on my board, I know if I'm grabbing, you know, one amp or the other or the other, you know, it's like I can always tweak my tone just a little bit with a three band EQ. I like simple yep. amps, not a lot of knobs. Just give me the basics. I want that amp to be like as raw and natural as possible without a ton of processing, and. That just, and maybe I just like the simplicity of it, and then using pedals to like change those flavors. Like the redundancy makes no sense to me. I, I want pedals that have distinctly different flavors. So when I want that like weird sound here, or I want that like classic sound here, or I want a little bit darker here, like sometimes I'll t- play a really bright guitar through like the Morgan AC20, and it's going to be it's going to be really bright so i'll use a darker drive you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i kind of like using different different combinations to tame different elements right. um one of the guitars i really like is that that funky 67 melody maker yeah, that and that sweet. thing is just just weird and cool and it's never sounds in tune i love it you know (laughs) and and, uh nice i also with that guitar uh, if i'm using the morgan i'll i'll grab something that's a little bit darker and actually the um palisades works good for that though that has a pretty wide tone range Um, and the uh fried gold uh, another yellow cake pedal is Mm -hmm. great like that's a really nice combo with those if I'm using the Milkman creamer, that's a little that it's voiced a little bit darker. Um, I'll I'll tend to use brighter drives with that to kind of you kind of average out and, and use different combinations or or brighter guitars or whatever, you know. Yeah. Different different combinations of things depending on I don't know, my mood and what amp I wanted to play or what guitar I wanted to play. Or sometimes I'm like I really just want to put this drive on the board and I switch it. And then I'm like, mm, that drive works really good with this pedal. And then I'm like, okay, I'll switch that. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take everything off and switch it all. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, I switched everything. Maybe I better play these guitars or this. <laughs> <hand."> <laughs> 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 so it's like, it's like the curse of, you know, we all chase the gear and trying to find yeah. the right gear. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in the industry, it's really easy to acquire gear, especially pedals. If you're a pedal board builder and you're doing some trades and things, like you just end up with too much. And then as soon as you're done chasing all the gear and you have too much gear, then you're on a completely different chase. So everybody listening, just give up and use your Tube Screamer and your DD5 and play some music. You know what's
3: funny? Almost never when I'm playing, do I look down at my board and go like, oh, man, I wish I'd put this other pedal on there. I'm just happy with what, what I have yeah, at the moment and I'm going to make it work, you know. I'm yeah, I, like, and I enjoy oh, doing that too. Wish I wish I'd, wish I'd brought this other drive pedal. No, I'll just use this one I've got and make it do its Dude. thing. <laughs> okay, so confession. Very often I've been bored
2: with music and I I will put pedals on my board based on color. <laughs> <laughs> i'll seriously arrange that board like ooh, that looks really good and then it's like now i gotta figure out how to make these all play nice together That's and it's actually nice. a fun it's like a fun challenge for me uh-huh. where it's like i'll just organize this so it looks looks real pretty like and then I, and I paint my nails and do my hair right
3: and then burly stuff burly stuff yeah, yeah, burly. yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. bring it back to burly.
2: we can talk burly stuff if yeah. you want i'll tell you guys some stories Um, I'll just, I'll just organize it like where it looks nice. And then my challenge is going into wherever I'm playing. I'm like, I'm going to make these pedals work. And I literally will, I mean, I'll have a basic, like, here's my drive. Here's my modulation. Here's my delay verbs, things like that. I'll have a basic flow, but they may be things that I've never really used all together before. So then I, it's, it's a fun and new challenge to like discover new sounds and things. So it's a, it's a cool exercise, Mm -hmm. It's totally stupid, and I realize that. And I don't. Also, I just don't care. So, <laughs> it, but at the same time, that stupidity causes a good exercise in totally. making it work and discovering new sounds and new things. So, anyway, that's always a
0: fun. But I like it when I do that. That's kind of funny <laughs> that you talk about that using things together that you've never used together before. Because I did that last night. I knew that the coffee and riff thing was going on, and I was like, "Well." couple of guys in the industry have been really helpful to me and like uh the guys from McCaffrey Audio they they got me into Nam, and they couldn't be here and I was like mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you what I'll do guys I'm planning on going to this thing anyway and making a bunch of racket I'll try to take your guys's pedals down and make a bunch of racket with them and so I brought the um run rabbit run and then also I said the same thing to uh Tom from Tomcat and uh uh, Alex from Solid Gold Effects. I was like, I'll bring your guys' stuff down, see if I can make some racket in the video. And I hooked all the stuff together, and I was like, I've never used any of these together before. <laughs> it's fun. I was fun. like, it's like, I, was like it's, um, I, I don't know. Well, here we go. And I started just tweaking things, and you know, and then everybody's there and kind of watching, and I'm not that great of a player anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to make it um drone so <laughs> turn all the things up yeah so here we go and so this turned into this weird uh kind of uh phasey mess and well, hopefully it made it in the video i don't know i don't know it was, oh, nice. it was well
2: they probably bad. didn't edit it yet because everybody's
0: we're, having a hangover we're we're. i don't the, know how they're going to edit that thing together i'm going to be super impressed we're, they're in, we're impressive now. Hour now.
3: so you should probably wrap this up are we at the hour um but Real quick, how sweet was that party last night? That was rad. That was really sweet. Old Blood Noise and others mm-hmm. hosted this party at a uh, home brew supply store where you buy the stuff to make your own beer. And we were all drinking beer and hanging out. and Eating pizza. Eating pizza. Mm-hmm. I went to the place next door and ate some uh, some really, really nice ramen. Hmm. Ramen place.
2: There was a lotion, I went lotions and lace, yeah, I went like over two there. doors down. Then yeah,
3: we went over there with uh, Ben Nystrom of Nystrom Guitars. Ben went yeah. to lotions and lace. That's he great, did. Ryan. He did. Uh, we went and bought stuff together for for later. Something pretty. And <laughs> <laughs> you organized yeah. your outfit by pretty, and you figured out how a, to make it work. There's there right. just so mm-hmm. many people there that we had already seen at Nam and hadn't seen at Nam yet, and it was just these little after parties are so great. Huge thanks to uh, to to those guys for putting it together.
2: Yeah, Old Blood Noise, Brady, and that crew are just those dudes are such sweethearts like it's funny because they're uh, they're cool kids
0: right you know what (laughs) i mean and it's like
2: but really they're just like the nicest dudes and they're really genuine they invited everybody they bought a pizza and beer and And those fancy little donuts fancy donuts and they put on a really cool like underground get together where the the boutique world of building could get together and like do their thing yeah it's in it this really like fun. teeny little homebrew mart thing and we were all jammed in there and it was just we we're all sitting on bags of grain and stuff like that <laughs> you know cool.
3: it was awesome. it was so fun so yeah. much fun yeah. we, really cool
0: we flew in and went drove right there nice oh man nice. <laughs> like we yeah it was we were like well, i don't really know how this is gonna go but we drove directly there Yep. so uh uh one of the listeners and, uh, uh, now, now a good friend, uh, Jim, he runs the at rambling six strings, uh, mm-hmm. Instagram page. He picked us up from the airport and he's a super cool dude. And so big shout out to him for yeah, thanks, driving Jim. us around last yeah. night. Yeah. He's a good dude. He
2: cool. said he bought a salvage board a while back. Uh, yeah, I believe he yeah. did, which is cool. Yeah. Right, yeah we
0: makes him a really cool guy, right? Yeah, that makes him extra cool. Yeah. And extra cool. Extra, extra cool.
3: All right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, this has been Tone Mob Podcast. Or has
2: it been the 60 Cycle? It's been the Salvage Cycle hosted, Mobcast. Hosted, Cast. hosted by
3: 60 Cycle <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys made it to the end and you enjoyed it. Uh, we had one person left on Periscope when I went over there. Nice. Okay. Hey. <laughs> hey. One person oh, up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to go back over to Nam and and experience it. On, uh, on this Friday. And you and I, were going to go interview Paul Reed Smith Woohoo! later today at one o'clock, I think is the time. Sounds good. And uh, you guys will see that up later too. All right,
0: guys. Let's well, do it. Adios. Later. All right, folks. That does it for this week's episode and it almost does it for the extra Nam goodies that I got while I was down there. Um, there is one more little bit, and that is, I will be putting the audio out for the Paul Reed Smith interview uh, very, very soon. And if you can't quite wait for that, head on over to 60 Cycle Hums' YouTube channel and subscribe while you're at it, and you can watch the video and see our beautiful faces and see Paul and all the, the glory that is on the YouTubes, as the kids call them these days. So yeah, uh, I do wanna leave you with one more thing. I've had a couple people email and request because I do talk about my band um, fairly often. And so yeah, I'm gonna give you guys a track. Why not? Give it a listen. Um, So this track is my favorite on the record and it is called Chin to Chest and some of you may have heard it already. I've kind of talked about it here and there, and it was on SoundCloud for a little while. But, uh, yeah, here you go. I'll sprinkle these uh, in once in a while at the end of various episodes. So enjoy Chin to Chest by my band, Anchor Ashore.
4: One last thing before we totally sign off here,
0: I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com/stringjoy.